Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. to minister to you or rather teach one of the most simple messages I have ever preached and yet one of the most powerful messages that we can receive as believers in Christ. The title of my message today is Understanding the Gospel of Christ. Understanding the Gospel of Christ. What is the Gospel all about? What are the good news that we are called and commissioned to declare to the entire world. I was in prayer the other morning when I heard the Holy Spirit say these words to me. He said, son, many of my children are not receiving what is promised to them because they misunderstand the gospel. The devil told them a lie, the Lord said, and they believed it. He told them that they are not worthy to receive God's love or good enough to receive God's blessing. Now, I am basing my teaching today on what the Spirit revealed to me as I began to meditate on what the Spirit spoke to my heart a few days ago. Believing these lies of the enemy will only create within us a sense of unworthiness and a guilt conscience, which will stop, obviously, the force of faith from operating under these circumstances. Now, the Greek word for gospel is the word evangelion, comes from two Greek words, simply meaning good news. But if you don't understand what the good news are, obviously you cannot benefit from them. And this is what the devil does. He confuses people and deceives them through his lies. And if you believe his lies, you are caught in his trap of confusion and unbelief. Now the spirit emphasized that many, he said, not a few, are falling victims to the devil's lies, and as a result, they are not receiving what is promised to them. The most destructive, I believe, and the most dangerous lie the devil ever sold to Christians is the lie that they are not good enough, not worthy enough, or educated enough to receive the blessings of God. And this lie has caused so many of God's dear children to fall victims of his deception. And because they believe this lie, they are always trying their best to earn the favor of God by their own works or their own self-effort. And the more they try, obviously, the more they fail. As a result, they always live in a sense of condemnation and guilt because they believe they're not doing enough to be blessed by God. 
And this is what the Bible calls legalism. The essence of legalism is trusting in a religious practice rather than trusting in the finished work of Christ. I want to say that because that's, I want to say that again because it's very important. What is legalism? Legalism is trusting in your religious practices rather than trusting in the finished work of Christ. I fast more. I pray more. There's nothing wrong with fasting. There's nothing wrong with praying. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible more and more. But if you base your trust and your faith in what you do, then you fell into the trap of legalism. And this is what the Bible calls legalistic uh, religious practices. Legalism will focus on rules and regulations. Do this, don't do that, do not taste, do not touch, keep certain days. And that's what legalism does. It focuses on rules and regulations rather than focusing on relationship and intimacy with God. Inevitably, you will end up loving the practice more than you love the person of Christ. And the Bible is very clear about this. Trying to earn God's favor or blessing through our own effort or works brings us under the law. And those who are under the law, the word of God says they fall under the curse because cursed is everyone who fails to keep the law. We will never be good enough by God's standards, no matter how hard we try. And the word of God says even our most and most wonderful deeds, they are just like filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. If we could have earned God's favor or blessing through our own efforts, there was no need for Christ to come to earth and die on the cross. Why would he come if we could earn the favor of God by what we do or by our own self-efforts? And every lie the devil uses to deceive us is always based on what we do, how we perform, and he always points us to our failures, our sins, our shortcomings, rather than pointing us to Christ and what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. And the gospel is good news. And the good news says that God has already blessed us with every blessing in heavenly places because Christ purchased with his own blood every blessing that God has given us on the cross of Christ. He purchased it. He bought it with his own life. God is not going to bless any more anyone than what he has already done. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So don't ask God to bless you because he has already blessed you in Christ. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your breath by asking God to bless. Rather lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, that you have blessed me because of what Christ has done for me. 
That's the good news. The gospel of Christ is that he did it all. We don't have to add anything to the finished work of Christ. All we have to do is simply believe the good news. Believe what Christ did for us and respond accordingly. The gospel declares you are entitled to receive every blessing from God based on Christ's finished work on the cross and not whether you're good enough, not whether you're worthy enough, and not whether you are educated enough. Did you get that? Amen. I, I trust you did. Listen to what Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 says. This is the gospel in a nutshell. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing of Abraham belongs to all who believe in Jesus. Here is the question. What is the blessing of Abraham? For a long time, I didn't know. But there came a time where the Spirit revealed this to me. And what a joy. What good news are these? We're going to read right now the blessing of Abraham. And so I would like you to turn to your own Bibles in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through to 14. It's quite a long uh, paragraph or a long um, uh, blessing, but we're going to read it. But I would like you to study and meditate it in your own time. So let's begin with Deuteronomy chapter 28 beginning with verse 1. This is what it says. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Now, let me stop there and comment for a while. For a long time, I had a problem when I when I read that verse, that first verse, I thought to myself, there's no way that I have kept or will ever be able to keep all the commandments of the Lord. No way that I diligently obey every time the Lord speaks to me. So if that is the case, I am disqualified from that blessing. But then there came a day when the spirit began to open my eyes, my understanding, and, and I understood this verse from the New Testament context. You see, this is before the cross. If we will put this verse in a New Testament language, it would read something like this. So pay careful attention, please. Because Christ diligently obeyed the voice of the Lord his God 
to observe carefully all his commandments which God commanded him, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because Christ obeyed the voice of the Lord his God. That's the good news. What you and I could not do, Christ came to earth and he did it on our behalf. He fulfilled every commandment of the Lord. He obeyed the voice of the Lord his God to the hilt not once did christ disobey his heavenly father and because he obeyed and he kept every commandment all of these blessings now come upon us because of his obedience to the heavenly father remember what romans says by the disobedience of one man that is adam many were made sinners but by the obedience of one, that is Jesus Christ, many were made righteous. So because of Christ's obedience, because he fulfilled every commandment, blessed, let's go further reading uh, verse two. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be, shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow and the lord shall make you the head and not the tail you shall be above only and not be beneath if you heed the commandments of the lord your god which i command you today and are careful to observe them so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which i command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them Folks, this is the blessing of Abraham that belongs to every believer in Christ. I want you to study this blessing, meditate in it, day and night until it becomes real in your own life. The sacrifice of Jesus 
His obedience to the Father bought and paid for every blessing we just read. Regardless of who you are, what you did or did not do, or where you come from. Faith in Jesus and in his finished work is what counts and not whether you're good enough or worthy enough. You will never be good enough. You will never be uh, worthy in your own efforts, but Christ is worthy and God has placed you in Christ when you believed. So when, when God looks at you, he does not see you or your shortcomings or your failures or your sins. He sees Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the mystery, the Bible says. The Apostle Paul revealed this to the, I think, Philippians. Those of you who did the book of Philippians, the mystery that was hidden in the ages past is now being revealed to the saints in the new covenant. And what is that mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ now lives in me. Praise God forevermore. God does not bless you or me because you deserve it, but because you believe. The blessing of Abraham is not based on works, but on the grace of God. It's important that you receive the revelation of what I am sharing with you today. You can receive from God whatever you can believe him for. Regardless of the color of your skin, your nationality, your education, your background, or your vocation in life. Because the blessing is received through faith and not who you are and not what you do or do not do. Simply believe and act accordingly. Now, there are no limits to what we can receive from God if we believe. The Bible says in Ephesians that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. What is that power that is at work within us? It is the power of faith. It is the force of faith. The greater your faith, the greater the blessing you will receive. The law of the New Testament is according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Jesus said so. He said it several times. All things, he said, are possible to him who believes. He said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done unto you. He said to the two blind men who followed him, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. It's according to what you believe. Not what your wife believes, not what your husband believes, not what your pastor believes, but it's according to what you can believe God for. That's exactly what you will receive. Now, Throughout my journey with Christ, people often, as well as my own natural mind, would tell me why I cannot do this thing or why I cannot do that, why I could not receive God's best. You know what I did? I simply ignored them. 
and went right ahead and received from God anyway. They told me years back that I could not go into full-time ministry without some organization or some church supporting me financially. If I did step out on my own, then my family would start. That's what they told me. I stepped out in faith and I did it anyway. And I'm still going strong. And God is looking after me far better now than when I had my own business. They told me I could not build a building for our church without borrowing money, without going to the bank and borrowing from the bank, especially when we only had those years, 15 people in our church. But you know what? I did it anyway. Through faith in God, I went right ahead and did it. Today, our church building, which is worth well over 15 million rand, debt-free, stands as a testimony to God's provision and faithfulness to all who would dare to believe. You see, nothing is impossible for God. Is anything too hard for him? Obviously not. If you can believe, you can receive it. I was told that I could not live in today's world with so many financial demands without being in debt. You know what? I simply ignored them, those voices. I cannot believe. I would not believe. My wife and I have lived without debt since we learned how to believe God and stand on his promises. We owe no men anything but to love them. That's what the Bible says. Romans says, owe no one anything except to love. When we got married 47 years ago, I was heavily in debt. I used to run a, a little delicatessen in, in Johannesburg. That's when we got married 20, 47 years ago. And I was heavily in debt. I had to send my wife out to work. So <laughs> I had to send her out to work to pay my debts. When she married me, she married me and my debts. Christ found me in the gutter but his mercy and grace raised me to the highest place. When I found the scripture in the book of Samuel, chapter one, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8, and this, this beautiful verse of scripture describes me where I was when Christ found me. This is what it says. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes, and make them inherit the throne of glory. What a gracious God we have, folks. What a merciful God we serve. He is so, so gracious and merciful to all of us. And I pray that you will receive a revelation of his goodness and mercy today, of his generosity towards you, that he wants to bless you, that he wants to give you his best, because he loves you, because you belong to Christ, because you believe in his son, and because you serve his son. I could give you testimony after testimony of God's goodness and faithfulness, but I know I'm, I might run the risk of you thinking that I'm bragging on myself. I'm not. I'm simply bragging on God's grace, on God's faithfulness to his promises, on all who dare to believe him. So 
we need to come to a place where we stop using so many excuses to camouflage our unbelief and get straight to the root of the problem. We need to confront the things that hinder us from receiving the very best that God has for us. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. You must be willing to fight for what you believe. The same in the old covenant. God promised the children of Israel the promised land. He says, I've given you the land, but they had to go in and fight for what belonged to them. The same it is with us today. God has given us so many promises, spiritual, mental, physical, financial, uh, social, every blessing he has given us. But before it becomes a reality, you must be willing to fight the good fight of faith. That's why Paul says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. The devil is not going to play dead just because simply you, God has blessed you. He's going to oppose you at every turn. That's why you have to stand strong on the promises of God. You have to rebuke the enemy. You have to contend with him and you have to wrestle, not with flesh and blood but with those who oppose and, and, and restrict you from walking into the very best that God has for you. Now, we need to strip ourselves from sin consciousness, from poverty consciousness. You know, so often I hear pastors talk and they say, well, I know God told us, but we don't have the money. And we can't do this because of this and because of that. And I say to the, to the church today where I preached, one of the things that grieves me deeply, grieves my heart, is that most pastors in Cyprus, they rent buildings for years. They don't own their own buildings. They pay thousands of euros every month to the landlords. And I challenge them today. Why not believe God to give you your own building? God is able. God has the funds. God is rich. There is no recession in heaven. Why not believe that you become the landlord? You know what? I hate paying rent. I don't like paying rent. I like being the landlord. And so pastors, I know a pastor friend of mine, he has several churches in, in Cyprus and he pays over three and a half thousand euros every month to landlords, of which you will never get anything back. Why not believe God for your own? And I'm challenging you, those of you that are paying rent, I'm challenging you today. God is able to provide for you. When they told me I cannot have my own building debt free, that you have 10 people in your church, 50, where are you going to find the money? I said, I believe God. And you know what? I realized that God can raise up an individual, just one person from the other side of the world, and come and bring you what you need to put up what God tells you to do it, to put up. And I've seen him do it. Simply believe. That's what God is asking for. And I'm challenging your faith today. 
Don't let your faith become lazy and lethargic. Reach for God's best for you because it's paid for with his own precious blood. Amen. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. So we need to strip ourselves from all this failure consciousness, from all this defeat consciousness, sin consciousness, poverty consciousness, and stand strong on the message of the gospel. I'm no longer a sinner. I was a sinner, but God saved me. And now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Praise God forevermore. This is the God we serve, folks. He did it all. This is the gospel. In a nutshell, Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? It contains spiritual death, poverty and lack, sickness and disease, and all kinds of fear. And the gospel says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us so that the blessing we just read, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith and not through works. So I want to encourage you today to begin receiving all that Christ purchased for you through the blood of his cross. And there is one thing for us to do. We need to enlarge our capacity of faith in order to receive every blessing that is purchased so that you can be in a better position to bless others. That's the purpose of the blessing, folks. It's not so that I can enjoy all these blessings for me and my family. No, God blessed me so that I can be a blessing. And that's what God said to Abraham. I will bless you and you will become a blessing. But if you are struggling yourself, how can you become a help or a blessing to someone else? Amen. So here is a now word for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a rhema word. This is a now word as we walk through the season of evil and darkness that is covering our planet today. Mark this verse. This is what God is saying to you today. Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3. Isaiah chapter 54 verses 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. In other words, don't think small. Stretch your dwellings. Let them stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Lengthen your courts and strengthen your stakes. Why? For you shall expand to the right. I want to prophesy to you today. In whichever area God has called you to function and work, think expansion, think growth, think multiplication. Expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. That's the promise of God to you.
to think big because we serve a big God. And don't limit God. Don't put God in a box. You cannot. Amen. God is calling us. He's challenging us today. He's challenging you through the screen to enlarge. Enlarge your capacity of reception. Because there is so much more he wants to give you. He's calling his church to make more room. More room for him. More room for his presence in our daily lives. In order to be able to bless many others with whatever they need. And to shine as lights in a world that is filled with darkness. God wants you to be a lighthouse in a dark place. People are lost today. They're confused. They have no sense of direction. They're looking for a safe harbor. And if you will shine, the people will come to the brightness of your shining. That's what Isaiah chapter 60 says. Now, <clears throat> they will come to you. If they need wisdom, we have the wisdom of God, and we will readily give it to them. Freely we have received, freely we give. If they need healing or deliverance, in Jesus' name, we are able to minister healing and deliverance to them. As we minister first the word of God to them. If they need financial assistance, we are able to help them out because we have the substance that they need. We have the resources in Christ. Christ never turned anybody away, folks. When they were hungry, he fed them. When they were sick, he healed them. When they needed wisdom, he gave it to them. Amen. And we are the members of his body. Where we go, he goes. Where we live, he lives. Amen. And listen, none of us deserve God's love. We don't deserve his favor or his blessing. But you know what? This is the gospel. This is the good news. But God blessed us anyway. Because of what Christ did for each and every one of us. He did it all. All we need to do is simply believe. Believe. Believe what? Believe what he says and act upon it. Believe what he did and respond accordingly. The Bible says faith without corresponding action is dead. We need to respond accordingly to the gospel. And not just say, I believe. The Bible says the devil also believes, but he trembles. There's an action. And if you believe what the gospel says, you will act accordingly. Amen. Believe in what Christ has done for you. Believe in his love. Believe in his sacrifice. And receive the very best God has for you. Are you with me? In John's gospel, chapter 6. And verse 28, certain people approached Jesus with the following question. Now, listen carefully. They say to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And this is a very important question. One that we should be asking ourselves as well. Listen to the answer the Lord Jesus gave them. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe in him 
whom he sent. What is the work that God expects from us? Believe. Believe in him whom he has sent. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray we receive the full revelation of the answer the Lord Jesus gave us. The work God wants from us is to believe in Jesus and respond to the gospel message. If the gospel says you are blessed and highly favored, believe that and act like you are because it's the truth. How do you act blessed? Your attitude, your language is very important. Amen. Remove every negative word from your lips. Don't say, I don't have this. I, don't, I wish I had that. Don't say, I can't do this and I can't do that because of this or because of that. You need to renew your mind. You are the blessed of the Lord. You are the favored of the Lord because the gospel says so. If the gospel says you are made the righteousness of God, then act like it because it's the truth. Say that you are. Don't be timid. Don't say, oh, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Oh, I'm so unworthy. That's false humility, folks. That's not faith. That's unbelief. If the gospel says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, believe that. Don't say anything contrary to that. So I want to counsel you today. Meditate on the blessing of Abraham that we just go verse by verse. There where it says, I will bless your basket and all of that. We don't have baskets today. We have bank accounts. Amen. You don't have a field today, but you have a place of work. I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you going out and I'll bless you coming in. Amen. I will bless you in the fruit of your body. You have made you the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. You will lend to many, but you will not borrow. Here is the problem with most Christians. They won't believe anything unless they see it. They won't believe anything unless they feel it. Listen, folks, the word of God is not subject to how I feel or what I look like. We walk by faith and not by sight or by feelings. We gotta, we gotta learn to take what God says, be willing to fight for it until and content with the enemy until the promises of God become a living experience and a reality in our lives. Amen. Are you still out there? Praise God. Say what God says about you and act on his word. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You've got to say what God says and not anything different to that. You've got to come into agreement with what God has declared about you and about me if you want to walk in the blessing. And as you release your faith in the message of the gospel, sooner or later, folks, every blessing will start manifesting in your life. And I want to conclude 
with the words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. This message that you heard today is the power that God uses to heal, to deliver, to save, and to prosper you. That is the weapon God uses. The message of the gospel, it is the power of God for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And you know what? Salvation includes every blessing, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, financial, and social. Praise God. Praise the Lord forevermore. Yes, God wants you to prosper because he paid for your prosperity. Prosperity is not just financial. It is spiritual. It is mental. It is emotional. It is physical. And it is financial. God wants you whole, heal, and sound from the top of your head to the soles of your foot. That is the gospel message, folks. And Jesus paid for it all. What are you going to do about it? You know, let me give you an example. Sometimes we go to a restaurant with friends or with family. And we order uh, a certain dish according to what is written on the menu. And they come and they bring me something. I'm talking about myself. If they don't bring me what I ordered and what I paid with good money, I don't keep quiet. You know, my kids sometimes say to me, Daddy, please don't make a don't make don't make noise. Please just just eat it and keep quiet. I said, no, I paid for it. If I'm not satisfied, I'm going to speak up. So I speak up. I don't keep quiet. You know what happens? Most of the time they will either give me the meal free or they will give me a 50 percent discount. But most of you will not speak, will not say anything because you're too shy to confront or you're too shy to uh, say anything. You know, if you don't stand up to the devil, if you don't stand up to the thief that steals from you, he's going to rob you blind every time. You've got to get mad at the devil. Are you listening to me? You've got to get mad at the devil. You get sick, you get mad at the devil. Your child gets sick, get mad at the devil. Kick him out of your house using the word of God. Amen. He has no right. Christ redeemed you from all of this garbage. He redeemed you from sin. He redeemed you from death. He redeemed you from poverty, from lack, from sickness and disease. Stand your ground. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life because it belongs to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.